Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash iopanel. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, and MP3 player. Right there, uh, James? Yeah, call me Cookie Kid. Yeah, I'm not going to call you that. Welcome back, everyone, to the IO panel. Episode 10 is promising to be spectacularly mediocre. With me today is James and Mike. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. That's good to hear. What's up, man? Good to go. Uh, I personally have played far too much Quake this past week. Have you all done anything interesting? Uh, what did I do? Or not interesting, just particularly boring. That's fine, too. I played The Division with some guys who didn't speak English and refused to acknowledge me when I said hello to them, <laughs> even though they were speaking their other language the entire time. What What other language? I don't know, man. Fucking asshole. <laughs> foreign I don't know what language it was, probably, it was some Slavic language but I have no Other. idea those Slavs um, and then I played with another guy who refused to use words this is like a hot button item for me actually and it should be on the rundown but it's not people who don't talk in games where team play is necessary the division is definitely one of them you cannot play the game without like communicating like I'm reloading I'm down I need help. I'm overwhelmed. Whatever you know what I mean. Like team, like team, team play demands communication. That's how you go to the next level in these kind of games. And uh, I played with a guy. He was running all over the place. It was probably his first like time leveling up that high. He was a total wreck, and he was the leader of our squad. Um, we had another guy with us who didn't know. He came in too late and didn't know what was going on. So he spun, We went into this battle. And the other guy was, like, facing the wrong way, shooting. He was aggroing bat, uh, mobs down the block. And we were already overwhelmed because we're all, like, above level 25. So we're already, like, dealing with, like, crazy hard bad guys. And he aggros another batch of them that wasn't even meant to come into the mission. But because of the open world nature of the game, they just, like, ran into the mission. So now he's aggroing these guys, and we're getting freaking our shit pushed in the entire time. And, you know, I was like, what are you looking at, dude? Fuck, man. Fuck. And I just fucking, like, <laughs> logged off and quit the game like a maniac. Like, I like uh, the first time ever, I totally rage quit. Because <laughs> I was so angry. Um, <laughs> oh, know, we've all been there. Oh, man. Disaster. So, yeah. Right, Mike? That, that's for, that was yeah. my week. I, a lot of work stuff. And, you know. um, well, tell us where you are, James. Uh, I'm at my mom's house from Mother's Day, Williamsburg, Virginia. Very exciting. Nice. Class, classy joint. Yeah, classy joint. Actually, I went shopping today. Let me tell another story since I will, uh, I will do what I always do, monopolize the audio portion of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so I went out. My mom said last night, can you go out to the store today and get a small bag of potatoes, these steamables from Walmart down the street from the house? said no problem so i also wanted to go to the outlet store and buy some pants from the the large men store where large men the large men is supreme mm-hmm. so i went to 
I, I left the house this morning, got breakfast, got my coffee, and started uh, started down the road. Got where'd to you, the where'd you get breakfast? Burger King, the king of burgers. Uh, but not the king of breakfast. No, definitely not the king of anything, really. Just the <laughs> king of fucking putting things in your face. No, I'm the sheriff. Yeah, basically, it was pretty bad. But, uh, you know, I ate that and then drove down to the the store. And as I was driving, you know, this outlet mall is huge. So I'm driving and I saw a fossil store. And I said, oh, I can get a link for my watch. My girlfriend bought me this watch. So <laughs> I can get a link for the watch. So I went in the watch store and I'm walking around looking at the watches. And I talked to the lady and she said, oh, I can fix it for you right here. So she, like, added some space to the watch. Bang, bing, bang. Right off the bat, she added, like, a cord, like like a quarter movement or whatever, not movement, but a little, little space to the watch. It's perfect. I didn't need anything. So then she said, here's a free number. They'll call the number. They'll send you three free links. I was like, awesome. And then she said, I have a watch just like yours, but with this and this pattern. So I looked at it and I was like, I want that watch. <laughs> and that watch was like $99. And I was like, I want that watch. And then the lady was like, she's like, let me show you something else too. And I said, do you have something in Tiffany blue, which is my girlfriend's favorite color? So I said, I looked at the watch, and that watch was a cute, it was like a nice watch for a chick. Rose gold, Tiffany blue face. I was like, she's going to love this. I was like, how much is it? She's like, it's 50 bucks. I was like, I want that watch too. So (laughs) I went in to get a link. I bought two watches. (laughs) Then I left that store, found the big and tall, went in to buy pants, and bought pants, two t-shirts and a shirt. <laughs> okay. Then I finally made my way to Walmart and bought the other crap I had to buy, the potatoes and whatever else. So yeah, I'm, I'm a master of spending money today. I totally wasted a ton of money um, doing stuff I shouldn't have done, but the watches are beautiful. You know, so, the guy at the big and tall store, Michael, you'd love this. The guy at the big and tall store, he told me he has 152 watches. What? What oh, yeah. fuck? Yeah, he owns 152 watches. He's like, I can't stop. He's like, it's like, a, he's like, it's like heroin. I just, like, I'm in the changing room and he's telling me about this watch business. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I don't know what to do with myself. He's like, I see a watch that I want, I buy it. He's like, my kids need food. I'm like, yo, fuck that. We're getting this watch right now. You know, like, he's a watch aholic. You know, <laughs> so he's like, can't stop. Won't watch. Watch out for watch. You know, he like loves watches, man. It's crazy. Um, I, I know Michael's a watch guy too, but Michael, you you got to get your game up. You got to step your watch game. Get that watch game up, man. Yeah, I got to sacrifice uh, everything. Sacrifice my health for yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so you need glasses. Nah, I need a watch. <laughs> um, hmm. well, that is uh, very interesting, James. Yep. I can't wait to see these these new watches. Yeah, man. Um, Do your? Did you also get rose gold and Tiffany blue pants? No, I did no. what all IT guys did. I got a pair of khakis. <laughs> yeah, pair of khakis, uh, uh, like cargo pants, khakis. That's what I bought. What I own seventy. I just wear them till they explode. Then I go buy another pair. <laughs> That's how it works. Are they? You, you all know how it works. Come on. <laughs> are they five one one tactical or whatever? No, the ones I'm wearing right now, I have a pair of 511 Tactical. It's not 511 Tactical. Oh, sorry. It's uh, I have a pair of 511 Tacticals at home. The ones I'm wearing right now are Roscoe's, and uh, uh, the ones I bought are like fucking Harbor Bay. So they're, they're garbage. They're going to fall apart in a month. Yep. Um, Harbor Bay. <laughs> yeah, guys, for guys who don't know, 
if you want cargo pants that are gonna last you for a really long time, go buy the tactical cargo pants. Go like five eleven tactical, Rothko, um, True Spec. You know they have a little, they have way more pockets, and they some of them they have crazy stuff in them like knee pad slots and stuff that you don't need, but they last a long time. They have like double, triple stitch crotches and stuff, and they're like, you know, Cordura like five thousand, you know, whatever. Um, Kadura, so really higher quality. They're great if you're on the on your knees, you know, and, and in front of a server, not in front of a, another grown man. You yeah. know, <laughs> they're they're great. You know, if you're on your knees in front of a grown man, they're probably good for that too. But they're very good. Very for, minimal chafing. Yeah, minimal chafing. You know, good for strenuous tasks, running, chasing down bad guys, or yep. just other grown men. Super like deep you. lunges. Yeah, super deep lunge. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, moving right along. <laughs> uh, well, since we're talking about a bunch of uh, tactical stuff and games, would you like to start with some some uh, COD Infinite Warfare and versus Battlefield One? Well, you know what, dude. So, so we saw. I think you. We both saw this. You know, I don't know if Michael. Michael probably saw him too. Is if you're on the internet and you're breathing, you saw these ads. Um, COD Infinite Warfare came out with their video. I guess. Tuesday, maybe, maybe Monday or something like that. They, they released their video and it was everything I thought it would be. It's definitely a space based game. There's going to be some, uh, zero G, um, zero G combat, which I'm really excited about. Zero, Mm. zero G FPS stuff. There's going to be fighter combat, which it looks uh, absolutely fucking amazing. Um, more than likely the fighter combat is probably going to be all, uh, in the first person mode. And then there'll be some zero-G stuff that's, you know, the zero-G stuff will be, like, probably the most prominent different gameplay mechanic. There'll be regular FPS on the ground and stuff like that. Um, you know, people have said, some people who I think don't really know what's up or are really stupid or don't play games kind of are saying, oh, well, COD's going to be really open and Battlefield 1's going to be really closed in spaces. And that's just not how it is. I mean, I've always been a Battlefield fan myself. And Battlefield 1, honestly, is not what I want to play. I'll probably get it because it looks fucking amazing. <laughs> um, you know, I saw it and I was like, they were like, it is going to be World War One. We've been waiting for this. And I was like, shoot yourself in the fucking mouth. And then yeah. I saw the video and I looked down and I had a fucking full quarter chub. And I was like, God damn it. I got to buy this. <laughs> so pretty much, man, super frustrated. It looks great. I mean, there's a... They, 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 look, I think they went into it. They knew World War, World War One sucks and it doesn't look cool and nobody wants to do it. And they decided to make it look amazing and it looks amazing. I don't know how factual it be, will be. I mean, there's some stuff in the trailer. There's a guy who looks like he just looks like a freaking knight. You know, he's like some guy with like something that looks like a Gatling gun covered in armor from head to toe um, with an iron face plate. I don't know how you can even see. Yeah, exactly. I was like, he's wearing fucking armor on his face. Yeah, I was like, how can he see anything? And and I was like, this has got to be fake. You know, there's got to be a ton of fake stuff that they're adding in there just to try to make it cooler. But um, the kind of gritty, like, in-your-faceness and stuff, that's... Look, I felt like the only way they could make World War II, World War One, be cool and interesting for a game would be to do that. Because World War One is up close and personal, like... Like, you know, going trench to trench, we're hitting each other with shovels, hammers, anything we can find. You know, every, it's like scrabbling for your life. 
You know, it's that freaking last minute on the edge panic of like, what's going to happen in the next 10 seconds? Can I make it out of the next 10 seconds? And they, it looks like they captured that to me, honestly. It's very fast paced, very interesting. There's supposed to be mounted combat uh, on horses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and biplanes. Biplanes, yeah. Um, there's the, uh, I guess the Red Baron pack is one of the one of the packs. The problem is, I think a lot of, th- for me, a lot of stuff that's going on with games now is like all this episodic stuff where you got to buy all these packs or, and, you know, it's just, that's kind of annoying. I wish you could just buy a game and be done with it. Yeah, um, too much uh, DLC. Yeah, if you're going to add something, man, add something and I'll pay $5 for it. I'm not going to pay like $120 for a game for a, for a season pass. That's not doing that. You know what I mean? I'll pay 60 bucks for the game that's it. That's a tops. And in three months, I want to pay forty bucks for the game. And in six months, I want to pay twelve bucks for the game in a bin at the local freaking micro center. Okay, that's how <laughs> that's how this thing works, yeah. you know. So I don't know. They, they, they got the Red Baron pack. There's the uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, the an air famous Arab guy was a, I thought it was only a movie character. Um, Aladdin, not Aladdin, uh, uh, not Alibaba. Uh, Genghis Khan? No, no, it's a famous... Uh, Errol Flynn pay, played him in a movie a million billion years ago, a black white movie like Errol Flynn. Lawrence Flynn's of movie. Arabia? Yeah, Lawrence of, there's on a Lawrence and Arabia pack, which is, <laughs> I'm assuming, the horse horseback guys with swords and uh, stuff like that, uh, which looks pretty interesting. So, I mean, I don't know, we'll see. It depends on, you know, when I go to Michael's house and I can play through it or not in a couple days. Then maybe I'll pick it up myself to play some multiplayer. I mean, to me, Battlefield always is good multiplayer because it's very open. There's yeah. lots of space to run around. Like you can literally sit up in a tree and snipe, you know, at 900 yards and be in, have so much fun. You know, um, it's really rewarding in that game. Or being a plane. They, they added some dedicated classes as a dedicated driver class, which I'm excited about because I love to do the support stuff where you're like just flying the helicopter, just dropping guys in, bring guys out. I love that. Like that's fun to me. So yeah, they, I liked the the cinematics that they showed in the trailer slash teaser for Battlefield One. Um, some guy basically goes like blowing through one of his enemies, and then there's a huge like a tear gas cloud or something that looks fairly realistic, and it shows him putting on a gas mask. And uh, I guess they have, like, a Hindenburg or some other kind of Zeppelin um, attack balloon, I'll call it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think Infinite Warfare looked pretty good. I mean, like a Call of Duty game. Uh, The space combat was interesting. I don't know how they basically have, you know, a joint strike fighter flying through space. But I'll I'll allow the plausible... uh, not plausible deniability. Was it suspension of disbelief? Yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, when they showed the one scene where they were they were showing zero g uh, combat, and the guy basically threw out a grappling hook and pulled the enemy towards him and broke his neck. I was like, oh, that looks like uh, uh, Shattered Horizons or something like that, you know. Um, but I do think. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I'll get a little off check here. Um I think Call of Duty will see a longer um 
life online. But I think Battlefield 1, if it has... Do you know if it's all single player? Or, I'm sorry, not all single player, but if it has, like, most... Uh, if it's not exclusively multiplayer. Uh, Call of Duty? Battlefield. No, there there is a single player campaign this time, which I'm excited okay. about. That should be good. Yeah, because um, their Battlefield to me does a great. I think I think depending on who does the Call of Duty games, theirs are really good. Infinity Ward does good call good good campaigns, but Battlefield to me does an excellent single player campaign. Yeah, I don't Always think I've games. ever played through any single player Battlefield game, but I liked how they had you know the tanks driving over trenches and um like barreling through walls and stuff. That was pretty cool. They said they're going to be pretty realistic when it comes to the tank, um, the tanks. So they said one of the one of the one of the big things that they thought was like one of their crowning achievements for this game was the tank combat would be uh, because there was no converge- convergence of tank design. So you know now we have a single body, two treads, and a rotating uh, turret. Like that's how tanks are made now. But back then, people were like, we don't know. We're just going to make what we think is cool what we think the best design is. So they would make like this thing. that's like two big ass treads, a a tiny body within the treads and a couple guys sitting inside or, um, a tank with a turret or whatever. So this, the whole thing turns. Yeah. The whole thing goes in a straight line. Exactly. So this is going to have like each country's tank will have its own special quirks and things like that. And they said that if you're good with one tank, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be good with the other. And we don't use the same mechanics across all the tanks. Each tank has its own mechanics and own things that make it special or good. And I think that's interesting. Um, they also said you'll be able to... The tanks, all almost all the tanks are multi-crew. Uh, mm. Because in World War II, the tanks were multi-crew. Um, and there's even a tank that will hold a full squad of people. So, I, interesting. Be. You know, it depends on how they do it. You know what I mean? Because, it, it, honestly, the, the problem with multiplayer is... oh. A new version of Java is available. Well, get wrecked. Please go away. Um, <laughs> the, the, I mean, the thing about multiplayer is, um, the scary thing is, you know, we've all done this, I'm sure. You know, you go, you go into a game and you get the helicopter or whatever, and you can't get any gunners. Or you get yeah. in the gunner seat and you can't find a pilot. Like, there's four guys who want to all be the gunner and no one wants to fly. You know, and that's, that's something that happens in Battlefield all the time. So it's kind of scary to this, the fact that you'll have a tank that, you can drive, but you can't shoot. Or you can shoot, but you can't load the rounds or whatever. You know what I mean? So I don't know how they're going to tackle that. You know, people people really don't. One thing that these guys never do, which they really should do, is put voice over IP in. You know, I hate to say that. I know people, like, don't want to deal with, like, some 12-year-old yelling in their ear. But, yeah. you know, maybe you can enable it or mute people like they do in Xbox and stuff. But voice over IP would be a great thing to, like, boost the tactical play. Um, especially in a game like Battlefield COD, forget about it. COD is like going to be a fucking. It's going to be like a handball. I thought all port. these games had voiceover IP. They don't. No, not the well, not on PC. I think on PC they kind of assume if you if you're talking to people, you have a group or a clan or a group of friends or something, and you're using Teamspeak or Mumble or something like that, and you're not going to use our service. Yeah. So which is kind of true, but I think if they. Division has shown me that if they had a, if a service exists, people will use it. Some people will use it. Yeah, very true. You know, especially for, for planning and stuff. Oh my god, I've, we've done so much planning in 
with other guys and the, in the division for some of the hardest maps when we couldn't beat them. Me and me and one guy lost like seven times. We finally planned and we put it together, and that's how we won the game on hard. You know, what I mean, it's pretty pretty interesting. I've never played a game on hard before. I've never even tried. You know, normally I'd play through a game on easy, and then maybe I'd play, you know, I'd play a mission on hard. But this one, I was able to play through the game on hard because of the the ability to work with people. So, nice. I thought it was uh, interesting that the developers mentioned that um, Infinite Warfare was based on their idea of actual war, not just sci-fi. Although, I will say I didn't really see any of that in the trailer other, you know, after the first, like, 20 seconds. It just looked like a normal game. So I don't know why they would need to mention that. Because they're trying to compete with Battlefield. Because they've always, you know, to me... Uh, Call of Duty has always been this fast-paced, crazy fast-paced first-person shooter that's very cartoony and very, like, you know, 12-year-olds yelling at each other and telling you to go fuck yourself and dropping the M-bomb every 15 seconds. Like, that's what Call of Duty is, mm-hmm. you know? And Battlefield has always been kind of a picture of war. Um, at least, depending... Because Battlefield's kind of stayed in the in the genre. They've stayed in their box. Except for 2142... They've always done like 1942 and Battlefield 2 and, you know, whatever. They've stayed in this kind of a more realistic box. And they, like, if you play Battlefield 4, I mean, the game is a freaking crazy, realistic looking game with things blowing up and buildings coming down and all kinds of wild shit happening. I mean, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think it doesn't, uh, I think that's probably why they said it because they're trying to compete. And maybe they're going to, I mean, we'll see what they do now, but space is big, you know? Space is huge, and if you're going to have space combat, I mean, Star Citizen's a great example. Like, a space combat, space combat in Star Citizen, you're easily 6,000 meters away from your, from a contact, you know, and you spend so much time, there's something that they, that real fighter pilots have always said about fighter combat in, in air, they said it's a knife fight in a telephone booth, you know, and... <laughs> That's what that's something they say, a knife fight in a telephone booth. So I look at it like this. In space combat in a video game, you know, let's put those qualifications on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a knife fight in a, vid- in a telephone booth, but at, you know, supersonic speeds and your slashes, you have a 10-second to three second window to get your slashes in, you know? And that's because you're flying. You're like, you're like trying to get up to this person 6,000 and it's like, and you pass them and that's it. You know what I mean? And you're just like, got to get your jabs in, bang, bang, bang. And you're, you got to keep it moving. You know, you got to, you're working on your next plan of attack now, you know? Um, And that's how it is in Star Citizen. So I can only, we'll see how it is with this game. It looks really cool, but that's a cinematic, definitely. Um, maybe there's some real first person stuff, but that's in game. That's definitely in game footage. It's not going to be like that in the, in, in yeah. COD. It won't be like that. It's going to be. They always a... show you the best of the best cutscenes, yeah, exactly. specifically designed. Catch your eye. Exactly. Now they claim in Battlefield, like that scene, there's a scene where they're like in the desert and they have the guy on horseback riding through the desert. They say that's gameplay footage. They say that's from okay. a, from a, from a, from a multiplayer map. I don't well, really know what that's going to be like. We'll see. Yeah. I don't we'll know how see. they get gameplay footage in third person. Yeah, exactly. In someone's face, but whatever. Yeah. 
we'll take see. them at their word. Yeah. So, meh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, while we're on games, I'm just going to jump through these other ones that are kind of tickled by fans. So you guys can check it out at your leisure. Um, two games that I've been kind of seeing this week uh, that I've been kind of hooked on that I'm probably going to pick up in, in the next couple days. Crossout, it's a... Um, it's from the guys who make World of Tanks, World of Airplanes, World of Battleships, whatever. It's from those same guys. And, you know, all those t- all this time I've kind of looked at those games and said, okay, this is like some pay-to-play kind of like, you know, you get in there and you have to use this fucking shitty ship or whatever and do whatever. And, you know, it's just a BS, not really a real game. Um, turns out they are real games and lots of people really love to play them. Um <laughs> So I tried World of Tanks. I thought it was pretty cool, but I limiting. Like I wanted to just go like I want an M1's Abrams, not this tank from you know 1918 that I've never heard of that I don't give a shit about. You know what I mean? Uh, but they had those in there, of course. And then they had you know. Um, so anyway, this new game Crossout basically is like you take space engineers, the building stuff, and the pre-built equipment aspect. You take that, then you and put into it a stock market type buying and selling system and the ability to harvest materials from after post-battle. You can go around and pick up the materials or something like that. I haven't figured it out yet. But the combat is really cool. Like, the combat's cool. You build your vehicle and you test it in the combat. And it's like they've got heat-seeking missiles and grinders that you put on the front of your... You just latch this big grinder on and you just drive up to a guy and... Freaking like eat his fucking <laughs> truck. I mean, there's so many cool things um, that you can do in this game. There's there had this one guy had a build with like six things on it that shot barrels off it, like flaming barrels that would blow up on contact and just wreck people's stuff. It was a pretty amazing game. It looks pretty cool, so I'll probably pick that up. It's free to play. You can donate money to it and uh, then go from then go from there. But uh, it's pretty cool. It's definitely pretty cool. Um, the other game, it's episodic, which is kind of annoys me, but I'll probably pick up all of it. It's Hitman, the new Hitman game. Man, holy cow. If you guys haven't seen this, um, it looks amazing. Uh, right now they have two, two, two episodes out, um, one that takes place in Paris and one that takes place in a fictional Italian town called Sapienza. My God, it looks amazing. I mean, you can pick up almost anything. There's a million ways to kill your targets, there's a million ways to do everything. It looks so cool. Like, I would just, like, fuck around inside the town, walking around. Hmm. Um, and they have this great... They kind of laid off on the... Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Hitman, but uh, Hitman used to have the system where you would hold the button and you have, like, Hitman vision or whatever. They still have that, but they've kind of laid off because I think people complained that the last time it was a little cheaty, and it'd be like, oh, this is exactly how you do this. So now they've kind of given you opportunities so you might be walking down the street and you'd overhear a conversation that would present to you an a possible opportunity. And they just kind of say, oh, an opportunity has just occurred to you. But they don't say anything about it, what it is. So the opportunity might say, a new clerk is going to be working at the Target's mansion. He's at home in bed. That's it. So you have to decide, am I going to go to his house and freaking knife this guy to death, steal his clothes and go in there? Or am I going to fucking try something else, you know? And they give you, you know, so far I've seen like maybe 15 opportunities in each one of these missions. It's pretty amazing. High play, play again, replay value. So very exciting game. Uh, definitely going to pick that up soon. 
that, that does sound pretty cool. When you yeah. say it's episodic, does it mean like Well, it means what's happening is there's so there's one overarching storyline going on that they're connecting with cinematics after each episode. Uh so the first the first segment is the hitman going to become a hitman. And then the second then the first that's like the first part and then the the first episode is the Paris mission. And that came out in March. And then just now, this Sapienza episode just came out. You know? Hmm. Um, so then there'll be another one in Dubai or something like that in two months. And another one another two months or something like that. That's how, that's how they're doing it. But I would say each episode is like one massive hit. You know, where you have right. two or three targets. You know, this Sapienza, there's... You have to kill two people. You have two targets and one physical thing to destroy. And the physical thing you have to destroy is crawling with freaking security guards. I mean, it's, it's its own mission, honestly. The two targets are not really. I would say that's easy. They're easy. It's easy to do that. It should be pretty simple depending on the level, how hard you want to make it. I mean, there's guys who play the game um, in, um, in Silent Assassin suit only. So that means you never get seen, you never get caught, you never get a crime witnessed, and no bodies are found, and you wear your hitman suit the entire mission. So you hmm. never change into a disguise. And I watched, I watched through this guy, I watched this one guy play through it twice doing that, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know? Um, and he only got four stars out of five. So there's a way to do it where you get five stars. You know? Um, then there's... You know, you can go through and just change clothes and do whatever. And there's one guy, this um, British guy, he played through the Paris version. And the Paris thing must have, like, 500 NPCs in this building. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. Like, how can a computer even render this? I don't know what technology they're using. It's fucking <laughs> amazing. And, dude, this guy kills every NPC on the map. Okay, <laughs> like he kills every fucking NPC. It's amazing, um, and he's like, he just goes through, and the girl's like, it's like he walks, and the NPCs are really smart. It's pretty; they've done a good job. Like he goes through, and this girl's like, "Excuse me," and he's like, "Excuse you," and he throws a knife in her face, you know. <laughs> and it's like the it's like a forty five minute video of him finding unique ways to kill every NPC on the map. It's amazing, you know. Um. Yeah, so the game's really interesting, man. I, I I definitely suggest anybody who likes stealth games, uh, you know, to go and check it out. Um, another game that's not on the list that I'll just mention, <laughs> which it, it falls under the genre of stealth games. I never thought of it as that, but now as it shapes up and I've been watching the, the dev blogs, it is a stealth game. It just takes place in a really fucked up place, and that's Yandere Simulator. We've talked about it a couple <laughs> times off air. Um, and I'm not going to tell you guys much about that. I'm sure I'm going to talk more in depth about it as I, as, as more stuff comes out about the game over the next several months, but check it out for yourself. It's a game. It takes place in a high school, which is probably the worst part about it, but it's a stealth game where you're trying to remove, uh, an obstacle to what you want to do. So that's, that's a pretty interesting thing, but the, the, the dev has done a lot to make a really cool game. So anyway, uh, I've gone on and on long enough. <laughs> what else we got, Mike? What else on the uh, table here? Let's see. Well, um, wanted to talk about uh, 
the Email Privacy Act. So we um, we were talking about that earlier uh, before we started recording. Basically, the U.S. House of Representatives unanimously passed something called the Email Privacy Act, which basically says that a warrant is required before the government can acquire any emails. So, if anyone doesn't know, any emails, previously, any emails that were left on a server, like, I think if they're, like, six months old or older, they're considered abandoned, and the government can ask for them, and they don't even need a warrant. So, this would fix that, so that they, they do need a warrant. Um, it's been ha It's been passed by the House... So it has to go to the Senate, and if it passes the Senate, then it goes to the President, and he has to sign off on it. So, pretty, but I think, I think this is good. Um, I think it's very impressive that it passed unanimously. The only thing I don't like about it is there's no provision in it that says the person has to be notified. So, if they get a warrant and say, "All right, we want to get your all your email, Evan, or all your email from Michael." Mm-hmm. They don't notify you. I don't know how many people would actually pay attention to a notification or if they would just think it's spam or if it would just go directly to a spam folder and you'd never see it anyways. Well, I'm assuming notifications re regarding warrants are usually a little more official, I'll say. Hopefully they um, would force a pop-up or something into the... Into the thing or I think you guys are thinking a little, little too new world. I'm thinking more like they mail something to your house, but you know, perhaps. <laughs> well, if it's a warrant, they probably would. Yeah, I guess they would. Well, does the warrant go to you or go to? Um... Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they, right now they don't have to even notify you. They just say, okay, Comcast. Here's here's the warrant. You know, we want to get into their Comcast.net email or or Yahoo or whoever. You know, so. That's the so. thing. They're not serving you with the warrant. They're serving right. the, the email provider with the warrant. So what we need to do then, Michael, what you're saying here is we all need to buy a very small uh, but very large server that will function as our own cloud and our own email service. Yep. That I'm way I'm we on it. Is really protected. I'm on it. I have the means and I have the name. That's what we need. That's what we need. I'm going. Like I'm it. going to uh, like probably it. register a uh, a domain name after this, if possible, of something that James mentioned earlier called Dump the Cloud. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, the other thing we could do is start encrypting our emails, but no one wants to do that, right? So well, we did that f for like a couple weeks, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm going to start doing um, steganography in my emails. I'm, I'm not... going to send you guys pictures of flowers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Communicate via uh, signal flags, like the Navy. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Yes, I I am I am passing. I request free critique or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Anyway, that's about it. Um, hopefully, the you know this does get passed and signed into law. Um, but like I said, 
it still you still wouldn't know, so you couldn't like, you know, hey, I object, you know, or I want to fight this in court or something. You yeah. wouldn't know. So that's um, like you said, that's a that's why you should have your own your own service. Um, or if you encrypted everything, then they wouldn't be able to read it even if they did get everything. So can you encrypt you know. with using you know Gmail or Outlook, uh, you know Outlook.com or Yahoo or anything? As or do you have to I have know, another service? As far as I know, none of these web-based services like like Gmail or Hotmail or something support it, you know, just out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I can send you an encrypted email using Gmail, but I have to use an email client that supports it, right? So I have okay. to install Thunderbird or Outlook or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you can use encryption. But then on the other end, you have to have something similar also to read the message. Right. You wouldn't be able to just log into gmail.com and look at the encrypted email. It'll be, it'll be gibberish. Oh, well, that's an alternative. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's one advantage of using these other services like WhatsApp or, you know, there's a couple of them. Um, oh, yeah. Is Hushmail still around? I'm sure it is. Well, actually, I don't know if it is or not. That's a good one. Um, to really use it, you probably have to pay for it, but you yeah. can get a free account. Um, yeah, it's still there. Hushmail.com. There's we a, can use uh, one of these nine virtual machines we got going to, as a mail server. Conf, what's it? No, there's one called Con- Condenify or something, Confidentialify or something. It's an app that's like Snapchat for text. Um, so you, as you type the text, it mm-hmm. gets encrypted and covered and then mm. as you when you send it to the other person they see a covered like gibberish text and they hold their hand over the text and wipe it across and it reveals the words and within like a couple seconds of revealing each word it covers the previous word what's the name of this so, app uh, i'd have to i have to look in my in my play app my play store i downloaded it and try to get someone else to use it, and no one else wanted to use it. <laughs> this <laughs> but, sounds way too tedious. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like if you sounds want to hide familiar. some shit, that's how you do it, you know. Yeah. But it's called. Uh, I want to say it's called cunt. cunt. It's something with a, a. I don't know. I'm gonna look while we're going over. Cunt, we'll go through what? the rest of this thing. Contrails. No, called contrails. Chemtrails. Chemtrails. Um. Yeah, guess what app I just updated on my phone? Another app that no one uses. Cyberdust. Oh, Never yeah, heard of it. Get wrecked. That's horrible. That's uh, Mark Mark Cuban's app. Yeah. It's really... It's interesting, but... You know, he's trying... I think he was trying to do some kind of a... like. It's like Twitter, but it's... Yeah. You know. it's. I think it's convoluted. It's done. Was it like Twitter, but fully anonymous or something? Encrypted, I think. Michael? It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like Twitter, but it's, I don't know if it's anonymous, really, but it's definitely, um, like, nothing gets stored on a server ever, like, everything's only in, in, like, memory, you know, like, RAM or something. You better hope that shit never gets rebooted. (laughs) Well, I think the main service is okay, it's just the, you know, the, the content is in RAM, you know? Yeah. Once you look at it, like, it's gone, you know? It's like, boop, like, oh, that's lame. What if you want to look at it again? Fucked. Wasn't Snapchat like that at first? 
Snapchat is like that. Confide. That's what it's called. Confide. Confide. Huh. Yeah, C-O-N-F-I-D-E. Confide. Yeah, Snapchat is like that, Evan, unless you... Unless someone does a story, what they call. Okay, so when people are like, hey, follow me on Snapchat, like, that's a story? No, yeah. no. That's... No, no, it's not. No. Cause the, well, it doesn't but, have to be. Don't their photo... So, when you follow someone and they post a new photo on Snapchat, it's gone in like 30 seconds? Yeah, if you look at it, it's gone. Well, if someone... So, Snapchat has two ways of working, right? There's the the traditional way when Snapchat first came out, which you can still do, where, okay, you you and I are friends on Snapchat, let's say, Evan. Right, for dick pics. I, yeah, I oh. send you a picture of my junk. Mm-hmm. You receive it. I reciprocate. <laughs> but, well, you re- let's just say you receive it. You look at it, you're like, okay, this, that's great. Yeah. And, uh... So I, see, I see where you're coming from, yep. After you view it, it, it self-destructs after, like, 30 seconds or something, and that's it. Right. It's gone. Um, now the well, other option would it, be, yeah, after you view it, it's gone. Yeah. Now there's also the story mode. So I can take a video or a picture or whatever and make it a story on Snapchat and upload it to Snapchat. And then anyone who's following me on Snapchat can look at my story and you can view it over and over. It doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't self-destruct after a, a viewing. Oh, okay. for 24 um, hours. You can only, look at it. It's only up for 24 hours. Yeah. Oh. After that, it's gone. Look, Why is it so not, fucking popular? That seems dumb. It's, you know, I'll, I'll tell you something, right? I have a friend I use Snapchat with, like, almost four to five times a day I, I Snapchat her. And she sends, for whatever reason, her Snapchat... You know, Snapchat does the faces and stuff, a face swap, and, like, puts bunny ears in your face, and it makes you puke rainbows, oh, yeah. and, like, she sent me this picture of, like, some devil shit going on out of her fucking face, you know, and it's kind of funny, kind of spooky, kind of interesting, you know, um, the thing I find most interesting about Snapchat is to be able to take a picture and draw some crazy shit on top of it and send it to someone, and, like, I mean, I draw some crazy shit and then send it, and I know they're gonna look at it and be like, "Oh my god!" and then it's gone, you know. <laughs> um, but it's uh, they the, the thing I think they did, which kind of negates what they offer, is it's kind of weird. I don't know. For okay, so my phone's a pretty new phone, but my phone can't do the face thing, and I don't know why. I can't get the option to do it. And it's a bug with Snapchat that certain phones never get the update for it. And no matter how many times you reinstall it, you can't get the update. But my phone can replay Snapchats. So for 24 hours, I have, in, in a 24-hour period, I have the option to replay one Snapchat a day. So I can click, like if someone sends me a Snapchat and it's two seconds long and I don't can't read it, you know, then I can do replay and then take a picture of it and then read it. And now I've got a picture of it. i got a screenshot of it. You know, which I think is kind of a stupid feature. You know, like, shouldn't let people replay them. I know it sucks because you want to read. Sometimes will someone write a paragraph and send it to you and they only give you five seconds to read it? You know, and you want to soak in the picture and see everything. But if they want, if the whole reason of Snapchat's negated by the ability to, you should see something, get blindsided by it, it's amazingness, and then it's gone. And you're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Send me more of that, you know? But instead, they let you freaking replay it and then you can just take a screenshot. So, that's a problem with Snapchat for me, you know, like the confide, the confide thing, um, 
you know, stuff is really gone, gone, gone. You know what I mean? You can't see it again. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, Snapchat's cool. It's fun, a fun thing to play with. I like playing with it. I like drawing pictures on it. Also, if you take a screenshot in uh, Snapchat, from what I understand, the person, the other person is notified that you did that. I think that's something they just started doing, yeah. It wasn't like that before. I think they just started supposedly doing Supposedly, it's been like that. I don't know if no, it wasn't. it's true or not. <laughs> I don't use it enough to know, but... No, it wasn't. I think now it does, but it, that's something. That's something. At least I don't. I don't know. I've never gotten a notification saying a person took a screenshot. And when I've taken screenshots, I said, "Did you get a notification that I just took a screenshot of your thing?" And they're like, "No." So, hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Again, like I said, certain features don't work on certain phones, and I don't know why that is. You yeah, know, my friend, she has a Galaxy, same as me, but without the stylus. Mine has a stylus, and I guess I have a Note, and she has the stupid one that runs off the side of the screen. And hers, she can do faces. Yeah, the edge. And mine, I can't. It's just really weird. You know? Purchased around the same time. So it's just a weird kind of strange bug. I'm sure there's a reason for it, but it's very odd. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. So since we're talking about apps, I see a link in here that says WhatsApp to shut down for 72 hours. Something to do with uh, Brazil. Yeah, so this was earlier this week. Basically, um... So Snapchat, I guess very recently, I don't know how, we talked about it when it happened, but they went to, they, they fully encrypted things in both directions. So uh, user so user data traffic is fully I mean, what's encrypted that? now. What, so what's that? You mean WhatsApp? What did I say? Snapchat. Oh yeah, WhatsApp, I'm sorry. Yeah, WhatsApp. They're encrypted from end in, in, in encryption now, so they can't even see what's said, you know, or what's happening. They can't see it. And Brazil like most governments, doesn't really get it, doesn't understand, and doesn't really care. They're just like, yo, <laughs> you need to show us this data, yo. So, and the snap just like, well, we can't, dude. We can't help you. And this is the second time this has happened. I think they got shut down for 24, for 48 hours, and it was lifted after 10 hours or something like that last time. Um, I don't know where this 72-hour one went. I did not follow back up with the story. Um, it should be done by now. Uh, and uh, see that Snapchat's bread and butter was the third world. Um, not saying Brazil's a third WhatsApp. world, but what's that? You mean WhatsApp? Sorry, WhatsApp. WhatsApp's <laughs> WhatsApp's bread and butter. Sorry. Was the third world. So no, thank you for correcting me. Their bread and butter was the third world. That's where they really got going. So um, a lot, a lot of foreign forwarders. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Obama. No, a lot, a lot of, a lot of foreign people use Snapchat to communicate. Ah, WhatsApp, WhatsApp. They use WhatsApp to communicate with their friends and family overseas because it's cheap, easy, and free. So. Uh, yeah, that's what I use all the time to talk to my nobody. No, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's why you don't use it. Exactly. My girlfriend, who's Nigerian, uses it. Like they, they all her friends use it. Um, I have people in foreign it. countries. Like, that's their preferred chat app when they want to chat with people over back home, because for the people back home, all they need is Wi-Fi, you know, all they need is a, or a connection to the to the web. Why aren't they using? Um, oh, are they, are they using it for voice or for text? For voice and text, yeah, absolutely. Because you and can why, make calls through it. Why wouldn't you just use? Um, I don't know. Like Facebook. Facebook, dude, come on. You try to use. Come on, Facebook come on the voice. most popular thing on the planet. Come on, bro. 
<laughs> yeah, but Facebook is very chunky and convoluted, dude. Why do people use anything? Because it's easy to use. If you ever use WhatsApp, it's so easy to use. Yep, idiot I, use I used WhatsApp. it when we went when we all went to Jamaica, and I've never used it again. So. Yeah, but you saw the useful. You, so saw the utility in, you saw the utility <laughs> in Jamaica, right? Uh, I mean, we could have used anything, but yeah, I guess. I guess, but you saw how easy it was. Like, sure, it's easy to use. I mean, it's easy as sending you a text message or something. I mean, what? Yeah, but right. when you're in Jamaica, you couldn't send me a text message. But yeah, exactly. It's very easy to use. That's the thing. There's, there's, if you're if you're not super, yeah. you know, computer savvy, and you just want to freaking chat, or you just want to send a make a call. It's easier to use than Facebook, and WhatsApp was around longer than Facebook was as far as their the ability to make a call in the chat. You know, so I don't know what this means for WhatsApp ultimately, because you know in Brazil they have a huge drug problem, huge crime uh, crime problem, uh, and really ruthless a ruthless crime problem. If I was in a criminal element, I would 100% use WhatsApp for all of my business transactions. You know, so. I kind of get the Brazilian is that government. Is that what's going on? Brazil well, sure is a are. shit show. Hmm? Brazil is a shit show. Well, yeah, pretty much. Um, the Olympics are going to be incredible. The Olympics yeah. are going to be there? Yeah, this year. This yeah, year? Huh. Yeah. Should be great. Who knew? <laughs> it's like 17 Americans were stabbed and murdered outside of the <laughs> Olympic Hall. No. <laughs> be fine. Yeah, absolutely. What are you talking you think, about, dude? You think Brazil's going to let anything like that happen? No, they won't. Dude, they're going to they're going to it's going to be like a like a police state. <laughs> I'm sure while while yeah. the Olympics are around the Olympics anyway, while that all that shit's going on, you know. Yeah, they've already done a lot to kind of prune back a lot of the sketchier activity in Rio and all the places where the where cuz they know the world is going to be freaking watching, you know. I mean, so yeah. They've already got a ton of bad press about their failed cleanup efforts and like sending um, moving people out of their homes, bec- out of the, the uh, favelas, the barrios, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, favelas. Oh, the favelas. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the best level in in uh, Battlefield. <laughs> Which uh, was that Battlefield? Or was I think that it Call was, of Duty? Probably Call of Duty. Actually, yeah. Level's fucking hard, man. Yeah, I remember that, man. Yeah, I, it's funny. I don't. I don't even play video games, and I remember that one. You watched me play that one. <laughs> I I at least watched you play it. Yes. Yeah. Freaking hard. And I I remember that one. That one was ridiculous, but it was yeah. good. It's good. Yeah, it was. Um. But yeah. So, uh, you know, there's lots of reasons. There's all kind. Of, I mean, that's a whole other whole other podcast, man. The Olympic, the Olympics, the Olympic Committee, the the, the rape of the countries that they are chosen to go. I mean, the country. <laughs> I think I forgot what it is. Finland dropped out of the Winter Olympic selection because. They were like, "This is stupid," um, and the yeah. demands, the demands that the Olympic Committee wanted were too high and too ridiculous, so they dropped out. And the only countries that are left is like China and Kazakhstan, and I'm just like, "Ugh," <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, Kazakh, freaking Kazakhstan, freaking China. I mean, Kazakhstan. I just don't know, man. Like, they don't even seem like they have the right to be asking for an Olympics. Like, you need to. Your GDP needs to be higher than thirty five fifty. To ask for the Olympics, you know, so, thirty-five dollars and fifty cents, just exactly. To yes, so I feel like they shouldn't be asking for shit, and uh, 
Beijing, I mean, they are, they've already done it, and they don't have any mountains. I mean, there's all kinds of problems with that thing. It's the Winter Olympics, by the way, so there's lots of problems with it. Why the Nether? Why why the Finnish Finland wouldn't want to to have the Winter Olympics in Finland? You know, there's got to be a serious reason, and the, the Olympics are super expensive. I mean, yeah, unless they already have the facilities built, yeah, building that and then having it essentially go to waste after yeah. a month. Is just too expensive. Yeah. When's the last time sense. they were in the U.S.? Um, I don't know. Like in general, or just winter? In general. Ninety-six. Yeah, we didn't yeah, have uh, Aspen, maybe? Atlanta, Colorado, or something. We didn't oh, have that. maybe. Well, there was a winter in Aspen. I, I know they did a winter Olympics in Aspen once, but yeah, I think they. I haven't thinking of the one with the bomb. Yeah. In Atlanta. Well, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Jesus. Hmm. The Olympics are lame anyway. I don't even watch them. <laughs> the Olympics are lame and I don't even watch them. Yeah, They're sure. totally you. lame, dude. Who cares? They don't have any good in there. What you are don't you talking to, James? Somebody... I don't even know what you're talking about right now, okay? Dude, I don't want to watch curling. That's dumb. Why is, there, why is that a thing? Curling is the most awesome sport on the planet, ah, sir. Get out of here, you <laughs> fucking Canadian bastard. It's horrible. You don't like luge? Uh, luge? What's I like to watch the, the shooting games. Yeah, but they never even Those show them. They show them. They barely they show like five minutes of it in passing. Like you see Bryant Gumbel's freaking fat head. As a freaking shooting guy is going by, and they're like, oh, they're doing this shooting thing. Let's get back over to curling. You're like, ah. <laughs> Can either of you name that shooting thing? It's, uh, well, in the Winter Olympics, it's the, um, it's, isn't it the triathlon or something? It's the biathlon. Oh, the biathlon, okay. Biathlon. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they cross-country ski, and then they shoot. Yeah. <laughs> not sure what what that sport is all about really <laughs> like how that's a sport it's about survival i guess that one and curling stupid they're both dumb the shooting one's kind of cool but i wish they did more shooting stuff like shooting sports in general more of it is in the summer they have more of it no which ones do they do in the summer though they have at least a couple don't they uh evan plinking i don't know Goose, well, I, I don't know anything about the Olympics, James, so yes, I don't know. Grouse rubbing. <laughs> yes, grouse rubbing. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> just a man sitting in a chair in front of a fireplace rubbing a grouse. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's a grouse? <laughs> a medium-sized desert bird. Oh, dude, no, there's a bird that I saw. Oh, what is the name of this fucking bird? <laughs> Jesus Christ. While you look that up, can you believe that there used to be uh, Olympic competitions for knitting and poetry? That's hilarious. They don't care. Okay, the Olympic Committee does not care. Otherwise, they'd have, like, they'd have um, Three Gun. That would be cool. I'd watch people play Three Gun. I'd watch Three Gun. I'd watch the hell out of some Three Gun. And also, Three Gun Gun is, like, a shooting competition with handgun, shotgun, and rifle. Ah. Okay. That's fucking amazing. It's fun to well, watch. Where do you, where do you um, integrate the grenade? Oh uh, well, it could be four 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 G. We'll call it the four G. By the way, the last time 4G the competition, the last time the uh, Olympics were in the United States was in two thousand two, for obviously the Winter Olympics because they were in February, and it was at Salt Lake City. Okay. 
Yes. So that's the one I thought was Denver or something, but it was Salt Lake City. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Okay. So uh, here we go. The shoe bill. Oh yeah, that that shit will fucking murder your family. Dude, I watched this shit last night and I was like, <laughs> yo, this is nightmare fuel right here. Why is this somebody killing this bird? Why does this exist? Just comes after you chomping. Oh my god, it is fucking night. This is like the this bird and, and I swear to God, yo, I saw this on uh what's it called? He had it on he was talking about it on his show. Yep. Uh, um Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. And I just saw this one, I was like, that's not real. That is not real. Yeah. You know, yep. I was like, that's not a thing. What is it? If that's a thing, then I'm a sentence. It's called a shoe bill. In the freaking chat. So it's H O E bill? Yeah. Shoe bill. So now imagine like a five foot or six foot version of that. Um, I think I think it was in Australia, but there used to be a species called very aptly the terror bird. Yeah. This looks like a thing from Darkwing Duck or something. It looks Dark. like Darkwing ass duck. <laughs> Is that a murder bird? Yeah, basically. Is it actually like really nice and like it does good things for the for for, for the environment? No. Hell yeah. no. What is it? What is it? It works for Greenpeace. Yeah. Look at this thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it works for Greenpeace. It does one thing and one thing only. It chomps. Dude, they have a picture of it eating a net. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just like fuck this net. <laughs> the shoe bill is apparently indigenous to only one area of the world. And it's an area of the world that we will probably never go. Thank God. In uh, Africa, so one convenient locations. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of the western. I'm sorry, the eastern, kind of middle part of Africa here. So, spans many countries. Isn't that the but, Congo? Uh, yeah, it's in Congo, Rwanda, Uganda, Tanzania, Zambia. Jesus. And a little bit of Sudan. Oh, Zambia. Zico, my friend. No. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, here. Look at this picture. Look at that picture. That's nightmare fuel, my friend. My, Evan, put that picture on the oh on God. the on the blog. I, I'm making a note to do that now. That's a murder. That's a murder bird right there. Yeah, and that's a real thing. It exists in life. It eats meat. Oh, I know. I'm looking at its um, Wikipedia page here. Jesus Christ. It says it's a very large stork-like bird. So yeah, murder stork. Flesh. Battle scars of uh, victory on its bill there. Yeah. Here's another one of yeah, it, eating a tripod. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Can't be. <laughs> eating a tripod. What's that? It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. I don't even think they fly. So just imagine that thing running after you. That's like saying, oh, I was just eating this video card. It's like, what? It's not a thing you eat. Dude, this bird hates progress, man. Of course it's eating a tripod. (laughs) There's one too many legs. Yeah. (laughs) It ain't having that. It ain't having it. Apparently not. Jesus. I looked up a grouse. It's a... My son won't be a man until he kills one of these things. <laughs> okay. 
Guess we're gonna have to drop his ass off in Africa then. There we go. <laughs> Done. A grouse. Huh. It's like a medium-sized desert bird. A grouse is like a prettier chicken. Yeah. And apparently it makes great whiskey. Yes. Like, like... And feather made like, artisanal grouse. Like it, it manufactures it? Like at the factory? <laughs> like... Yeah. A famous grouse. Made by grouse. Grouse eye. Grouse are well known to be ruthless business that's right james <laughs> the 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 plural of of grouse is grouse uh, what's the singular of grouse is it is it all grouse, grouse? <laughs> the grouse are like yo fuck you dude we're doing whatever we want <laughs> we what, what would it be we the grease baby yeah the grease Pearl. that's our world it's like geese but grease yeah <laughs> is it a murder of, of grouse uh probably uh, yeah i don't know a gaggle all right, we are just like this is what our uh, <laughs> this is what the call is like before we record the show. For like, people. who would win in a fight, a grouse or a crow? There you go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, crows are really smart though, but yeah. the grouse might spit whiskey in the crow's eyes, and that'd be all she wrote because crows don't make whiskey. Yeah. Hmm. That's what oh. it all comes down to. Crows don't make whiskey. Uh, crows is not one of oh, uh, James. I'm, I was wrong. They're the plural, the, the plural of grouse is grouses. Oh, there you go. Hip, hippopotami. <laughs> yeah, is exactly. that right? I don't know. The deadliest creature in Africa. God's greatest killer. Yep. <laughs> So, do we want to talk about uh, what makes a great Mother's Day? Um, oh, yeah, it's Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, Happy Mother's Day to anyone listening on not Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no mother's going to listen to this anyway. Just motherfuckers. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> oh! Evan, Evan, supposedly it's hippopotamuses. But, you know, you know how you would say like a murder of crows? Yes. It's for that for a hippopotamus. Is it, it's, is it it's, called a bundle? A it's bundle. A bl- of hippopotamus? A, no, it's even better. It's it's a bloat. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a fat joke right there. Like a bloat, a bloat oh, that's, of hippopotamus. So oh my god! What an asshole! <laughs> that's great. What jerk made that up? It's like a bloat. Dude, these things don't even make any sense. Like it's like they just picked a word out of the phone, you know, out of, like, no, out of the phone book, like out of the dictionary, and was, just. I feel like a, a disgusted, snooty British guy with one of those safari caps standing next to his African guide was looking at a bunch of hippopotamuses in the lake. He's like, "It's a bloat." You know, <laughs> so I just feel like that's how that came about. <laughs> um, yeah, a bloat of hippopotamus. Oh. Jesus. Oh, you know, that brings me to uh, Joe Rogan again. He said, uh, he said, touching, he's telling someone about a bear. He's like, he's like, you think bear would be really gamey and tough? He said, but it's really a mushy animal. He's like, if you touch one, it's like touching a fat person. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He's very mushy and soft. It's like touching a fat person. I was like, dude. (laughs) 
I'm hurt, but it's great. You know? Perfect. <laughs> like, this is great. Um, hey guys, I mean, I'm not going to go through them all now, but I found a webpage that has like all the terms for, you know, like a school of fish, a a bloat of hippopotamuses. <laughs> Give us a ridiculous one, Michael. Find us a good one. Give us a good one. Oh my god. Um, Two more. Two more. Okay, you know, a ferret, right? Yeah, yeah. oh boy. Here we Is go. it a class of ferret? Business. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Yes. Yes. And then... What the hell? Oh, this is great. They, they, they have to be making this up. Uh, it's a, a hyenas? Yeah. This is a cackle. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. They don't care. That's hilarious. They don't care. They're just making this shit up. Okay, is there some there's some animal called a marten? Yes. M A R T N. Dude, the Arctic the... ferret. Oh, okay. Well, the group name, richness, a richness of marten. Oh my god. <laughs> and okay, one more, one more, one more, a uh, rhinoceroses. Oh boy. Crash. <laughs> that's on. good that's appropriate <laughs> all right all right i'm gonna put up this link in the show notes just yeah so. we'll definitely have to go through that we'll make up some of our own as well yeah yes. oh that's great yeah um okay so yeah but that's what's going on with whatsapp yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um oh and so james we... just so you know i downloaded confide on my phone so nice. okay I'll, I'll now we can it. confide in each other get it I'll... Yeah, I'll re-download it so we can send one message like, oh, this is interesting, but really hard to use. Let's <laughs> never use it again. Um, Fair enough. So uh, just real quick, a little, another little kind of security, whatever thing you want to call it, uh, Adblock Plus. Uh, actually, i got two things in here. Adblock Plus is going to be on Microsoft Edge now. Pretty cool. Um, I, I'm here with my mom and Mother's Day and my stepfather trying to fix all their weird computer problems from um, poor computer use usage and not not having any malicious ads or junk blocked. So uh, they use, even though I gave them Chrome and Firefox, they always end up using Edge somehow or Explorer. Um, so I added Adblock Plus and Ghostery to both their computers and all their browsers. So it'll be nice to add, you know, uh, Edge to the, to, uh, to add it to Edge now too, which will be great. Um, so that's just a nice, interesting tidbit for, you know, you guys. I know, like, I'm sure Michael and myself and Evan don't use it. I know I don't use it, use Edge, but I know some people will just end up using it because it's the premium, it's the premium, it's the main browser on your computer when you get it, when you get a new computer, and you just don't know, so you'll just end up using it. So it's nice that Adblock Plus is available now. Um, Very good. Last thing I got, um... Fresh tortillas, but it's with at the touch of a button. Uh, this one's just a really weird one. Uh, <laughs> apparently, someone made a Keurig for tortillas. So you can take a little pod, they call it a tortilla pod, uh, with corn or flour tortillas with different flavors, uh, cinnamon, like a dessert tortilla, or uh, spicy, or regular... You know, and I'm sure there's going to be others down the road. But you throw this in the in the in the Keurig for tortillas. It's called a, a flatev or something. Flatev, I don't know. Anyway, you push the button, and it shits out a tortilla at the bottom, a fresh made tortilla. 
you can also make a stack of tortillas. The the drawer comes in, keeps the tortillas warm. It's very interesting. I guess if you love tortillas, you eat a shit ton of tortillas, then it's kind of a cool thing. But, you know. Still not cost like, effective. Yeah, it's not cost effective. The tortillas, are in, the pods turn out to be 79 cents a pod, which is like way more than even like a pack of like a five pack of tortillas costs like two or three bucks or something like that. So, you know, yeah. it's just not, and I don't think you even buy five. I think the most, the, the, the smallest amount you can probably buy is like 15 or 10 or 20. So, you know, you're talking like five, six bucks for 15 tortillas. Doesn't make sense to spend 79 cents for one, you know. And so. not including the at minimum $200 price of the machine. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And oh, forget about this. Don't forget about this. The size. The machine is a massive gray box. I mean, it's like, it is, it's just a huge, it's, it's probably as big or bigger than the nice, the fancy Keurig. It so is. I would say it's like if you had a, uh, like a toaster oven and you turned it on its side vertically, that's about how big it is. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. So to me, it's too big. It's too weird. It's, it's interesting. And I guess if I was like filthy rich and I was like, oh, 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 so I feel like a fucking tortilla today, then maybe I'd get it. You know, that's my tortilla voice. But otherwise, yeah. It's Your good. tortilla voice? Yeah. yeah. That's how I talk when I have a tortilla in my mouth. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like anyway, that's all I got. Fun fact. Uh, do you know what a group of tortillas is called? What's that? A pod. Ho, ho, ho. You just make that up, or is that really a thing? I I mean, I just made it up because they were talking about the tortilla pod. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, let's talk about some some not-so-funny things. Uh, The state-owned... Shenhua Group Corporation out of China. Shenhua. Shenhua. Uh, wonderful. You guys are assholes. Coming. (laughs) I practice. I practice saying it uh, before the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lie. I'm not lying at all. And I looked up how to say group corporation in Chinese, and I practiced that. But then I was like, "This is ridiculous," and I stopped. Can we? uh, Can we hear it? No. Is it uh, Shenhua Group Corporation? Oh, no, that's no, Japan. No, that's like very, that's very racist. racist. Sounds like a Japanese person. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a shitty Japanese accent. No, yes. it's like Jitong, uh, Jiteng, Jikwa, something. I don't know. Anyway, continue. Something with yelling. Yeah. Uh, so they are collaborating with a U.S. company called Solar Reserve to build a thousand megawatt uh, solar array using concentrated solar power and a heat engine, uh, which I don't really know much about, but I've put a couple links in the uh, in the notes. So right now, uh, or actually as of 2014, China produces 73% of its electricity by burning coal, which is quite a lot. Uh, I think everyone probably knows of the pollution issues in China. Everyone basically walks around wearing medical masks, um, I think one day breathing the air in Beijing just, you know, without any preventative measures is about equivalent to smoking at least one pack of cigarettes, maybe two. So they're mm. definitely trying to cut down on the on the uh, coal burning. So when they build 
this thousand megawatt array, in theory, it could power up to about a million homes. Um, now, I don't know if that's U.S. homes or Chinese homes. I imagine, in general, Chinese homes take up like they don't—they're not as much of a power suck. I bet I could be wrong. <laughs> they got that um, yak, that yak in the back, going around like freaking circle, grinding up flour or whatever. <laughs> But you got a power horrible the, human being. Got to power the TV for the yak to watch, though. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> um, so hopefully they'll they'll drastically reduce their their coal burning in the future. Um, they do have the actually the U.S. I believe has the largest coal reserves, and we get about thirty four percent of our electricity from burning coal, which is higher than I would have thought, but. I guess it's really? not not. I outlandish. thought it would have been thought it would have been higher. I don't know. For some reason, I think like wind and nuclear are more prevalent in this country. Well, but I, wind, I don't know. Wind, I don't think so. <laughs> um, nuclear, nuclear is unfortunately that's kind of at a standstill. I think. So I think it's pronounced nuclear. <laughs> the S is silent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think nuclear is at a uh, at a standstill these days. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've. Um, I don't think they're building any new uh, plants anymore. I think we that's need to problem. get on that thorium. Fun <laughs> fact: Do you know what a group of nuclear reactors is called? What? I don't. I was just asking. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I'm looking at a at an article here, Evan. Um, Thirty-four percent is coal, thirty percent natural gas, twenty percent nuclear, hydro seven percent, mm. wind five percent, damn, solar one percent, and oil one percent. Okay, so coal's still the highest. Oh well, we'll we'll work on that. Diversified though. Yeah, just like Wu Tang. Yeah, Wu Tang mm-hmm. financial. So if uh, if China were able to build about 1,400 more of these solar plants, they could potentially power the homes of their citizens. However, I doubt that would cover their uh, anything near what their power requirements are for their industry. No, it, factories. It, it, China and has a lot of problems, and I, I, honestly, I'd like. I, I I think I find it very exciting. When I read this article, they're doing this. I was like, "Oh, that's cool! China's like finally getting it together." And the fact that the state-owned, com- state-owned power, you know, producer is doing it, that kind of says a lot. It says the government's kind of behind it, which is kind of surprising for China to be that future forward. It, if that, everything they've done so far kind of says they don't really give a shit about the environment or the future or anything like that. But maybe dependence on fossil fuels and stuff like that, coal, oil is like well, important to them it now. could be. Could be they just they have to, you know. Um, they probably do have to because they, yeah, it's there. I mean, it's the. I think the fact is they're they have an emerging, whatever you know, emerging middle class now that's going to be using. They're going to be trading those yaks in for freaking tortilla pods. Yeah, and it's going to be game over. Like Every, everyone's going to have a Keurig and a and a Tesla. So yeah, basically they need to uh, <laughs> they need to step their power game up. Well, you know what I think? China's going to be like one of those places that's going to have like Keurigs and Teslas, and then like you go 100 miles into the country, and there's going to be people like 
living in like abject poverty. I think which is how it is now. Isn't that how it is now? Yeah. 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 And it's gonna spread feeling. Cool. I think it's gonna stay like that. So. Yeah, I think they're um, the, the technology they're using is pretty interesting. The the concentrated solar power. It's basically they have a huge tower of molten salt, and what? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, well, I mean, the tower is not made of that, but there's like a reservoir at the top of this tower and it's full of molten salt and it's, it's maintained like that through, um, instead of typical solar panels, it uses like reflectors to focus all the heat there. And that power that uses, or sorry, that powers, um, turbines, which is, that's the other link I put in there, heat engine, which I don't really know how it's used, but, um, What's interesting is that the molten salt can actually maintain its temperature for about 10 hours. So even when the sun sets, you can still have a functioning solar plant. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. I think they might have done something like that in uh, a James Bond movie. In fucking Mordor? Yes, in Mordor. Yes, that's correct. In Sahara? (laughs) Was that? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. But that had to do with uh, deviousness and oil or something, right? I don't know. But I remember... I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's from Sahara. Go watch Sahara, everyone. <laughs> you know, when you put this link in here, Evan, it says China making a big move with solar. Mm-hmm. I read it as China making a big movie with solar. <laughs> so who's solar? Oh, you know, I was solar. like... Solar. I was like, wow, so they're making a movie with solar power. That's interesting. Like, that's what I started thinking in my so- head. <laughs> Then I was like, what the hell? Is what is he even talking about? And I look at the article, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like the cinematographer's looking for the perfect light. It's like, okay, we'll go outside. Uh, all right, we're done. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But no, that does look uh, that does look very interesting. I think, of course, I think the the future is, and I think a lot of people think this, is solar and other, you know, quote-unquote free um, yeah. things, solar, wind, and I'm surprised we don't have more hydro, but I guess that's more, it's difficult to do, I guess. I don't know. They have a massive uh, dam yeah. in, in, uh, what's it called, don't they? Like they, mm-hmm. like they made the world's largest dam that they have to like take in the freaking tilt of the earth or some shit. Oh, in China. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, they did do that. It's like seven feet above sea, like some crazy I don't know. There's some crazy specs to it. They're like, when 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 water evaporates from it, like a like a dog dies and freaking whatever. It's like some crazy specs. Like when when A happens on this thing, B happens across the other side the of the world. Three Gorges Dam. That's what Is that it's what called. it's called? Yep. It it uh, spans the Yangtze River. Huh. Yeah, and that's got to be hydroelectric, right? That's got to be yeah, pumping us doing some. The world's largest power station in terms of installed capacity, twenty-two thousand five hundred megawatts. And what's it it's made of? Like paper mache and 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 uh, concrete frontage, right? Sandstone. So you know, it, it wears away in a matter of days. Yeah, you know, here's the thing that scares me about China and these big build projects: they're notorious for cutting corners. Notorious. I mean, there was a bridge that you know they built and they're like oh yeah this bridge is great everything like that and then people started driving on it and it rained 
and the bricks started falling apart, and people found that there was the bricks were just a frontage, and there was trash pa- packed in behind the bricks. <laughs> so the thing was made of trash, and it just fell apart like a, like a couple weeks later. And they someone built a building like that. They built like a bunch of condos like that there. I mean, it's there. They don't have any. It's lawless. Like it's building. It's lawless there when it comes to like construction, and nobody gives any any shits. Like zero shits are given. So you know, Says this here they reserve to... company. They had to displace 1.3 million people to to make this happen. Is it worth it? Well, if you're China, you don't give a shit. Yeah, fuck. I guess. Yeah. I mean, even here in the United States, you know, there's the whole eminent domain thing or whatever. Right. So the government can come take your land as long as they compensate you for it. I'm sure here in China they're not compensating anybody for anything. So no. <laughs> They're like, so like, they come to your house, you're under arrest. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've been compensated. Yeah. <laughs> Work cap, 20 years, you know? You're like, oh, fuck. Goddamn, some gorgeous damn. And uh, this thing is, uh, I mean, I'm just reading a little bit about it here. It does look like an engineering marvel, but... Um, yeah, it's magic. Yeah. No, it is It is awesome, honestly. It's cool as shit, but... yeah. There's some, so, I don't know if you can see it there, but there's something like when they designed it, they had to take into account the curvature of the earth and they had to do this and that. And all this is all these kind of weird kind of things to it where they were like, um, if this happens, then, you know, there's like some, all these kind of, there's something about it that like, I don't know, there's some kind of catch to it that they had to do something really, really special when they designed it. I guess I saw it on modern Marvels or something like that. They're talking mm-hmm. about it, but it was like really interesting and, you know. I don't know, man. China's a crazy, amazing place. Um, yeah, they don't seem to care very much for uh, how they handle uh, what they do right now, but they definitely invest heavily on what they think is going to be uh, profitable in like 20 or 30 years. Yeah. They're forward thinkers, those Chinese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is uh, one place on my list. I definitely got to go visit before I uh, before I die, and and definitely, hopefully, in the in the next five to ten years, I definitely want to make it over there. To the problem is, I want to go over to Asia just in general, but Asia is such a big damn place. I don't think you could cover it all in one trip, you know. No, I mean you'd have to go over there for like a year, yeah, or six months at least. Yeah, I mean, but China, we could, we could, China uh, itself could take forever, you know. I mean, we China could go to uh, Harbin. What's that? Uh, it's a small city. Well, small near uh, the border of Russia. It's very, very cold all the time. You like that, right? <laughs> well, as James likes to point out, at every opportunity, I am Canadian. Yep, you'll be, you'll feel right at home, but you'll be stuffing your face full of dumplings. Oh, borscht. Yeah. Oh, because like, because it's in Russia, I can have both. Yeah. yeah, a tasting tour of the frozen barren wasteland. And, and James, uh, Evan, why are you suggesting this horrible place? What's that? I said, Evan, why are you why are you suggesting this horrible place for us to visit? You know, uh, I thought you might enjoy it. He's He's like, like, that's the place you can eat an aged mammoth steak or whatever, <laughs> yeah. or whatever craziness. Yeah. <laughs> No, Anthony Bourdain went there on one of his episodes. Oh, uh, okay. 
I see. Yeah. Very good. Um, moving on, talk a couple of things about movies. So, there's some director named Danny Abrams um, who thinks he has something to say about remembering the Holocaust and Anne Frank oh. and how imp- how basically um, Anne Frank's diary is one of the major uh, contributors to how people remember the Holocaust, which nope. I've never read and I don't agree with. Yep, don't agree with it either. Um, so he's making a virtual reality movie slash tour. You guys are so, heartless. Yep, well, I just, don't care. It's just the wrong thing. What he's yeah. doing, it's just wrong. There's um, no reason for it. He's he's making a VR movie slash tour, so you can um, experience what she experienced. We'll we'll just say it like that. Living in her little room, hiding from uh, the Nazis. Should be should be should be so exciting. Should yeah. be great. While Can't you are cry my way through it comfortably in your four bedroom three bath house yeah in a free country yep i am I, in none of those things no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> we, we, should, we should be you know the next one should be uh a vr exciting adventure of uh slavery that would be so good i definitely want to see that vr experience that i cannot wait to experience then we can finally understand the black perspective, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. That's how you That's do right. it. And then we'll all be on equal ground. And then mm-hmm. we can do a VR thing of the Trail of Tears, and we oh, can yeah. uh, cover all yeah, bases. The Trail of Tears, the Oregon Trail, the fucking, uh, about, fucking Ho Chi Minh uh, Trail. Let's do all the trails. Trail how mix. About the, uh, the, the, yeah, me the... eating trail mix, a VR adventure of that. Yep. <laughs> How about the uh, Japanese internment camps of uh, World War II, but yes. the ones in in the United States? Yeah, that's where... that, see, that's a thrilling adventure and tour de force that I want to see. Yeah. This guy should be shot in the fucking face and then let go into a Nazi training camp. Oh, that's oh. so harsh. I can't believe I said that. Um, <laughs> that's so fucking like, harsh. I don't, I don't know, James. I think, that's uh, so harsh. I think, that's a horrible I think I, idea. I think I like what he's doing. I don't like it. it. Who wants to see a VR movie about Anne Frank? I bet lots of people do. Nobody wants to see that, dude. That's that's like saying I want to see a VR film of um, Teddy Roosevelt's most boring term because it's it's like some educational educational bullshit. Fine, if I go to the Anne Frank Museum in the Netherlands, fine. Then maybe I want to sit down and watch that. Did if you go I, to the Anne Frank Museum in the Netherlands? No, of course not. I'm not a fucking asshole. I don't care about Anne Frank. I don't care about Anne Frank at all. She single-handedly saved the world from Adolf Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's so important. Get out of here. Dude, you know how many people have fucking, fucking done, done shit? And I mean, look. Her, she's important because she gives a picture of what it, means, what it meant to deal with, to be in that situation. But is she the most pivotal character in World War II history and the history of Jews in uh, in that situation? No, not by far. Okay? Fucking Schindler, um, fucking uh, any of the Jews who were fighting back, um, you know, somebody, in, you know, I don't know, like any number of Jew, Jew, if you want to do some kind of a 
Jewish thing. There's any number of characters. Like, she should be a small part of a bigger story. I, I don't want to see a freaking three-hour movie in VR, for Christ's sake, of hiding in an attic and then going to die. It's so well, depressing, you, man. You know what? You don't have to watch it. You're right. But I don't think anybody's going to want to watch it. I think that it's not going to be a thing people want to see. Like, like you don't get VR to be fucking depressed. It's not like an action. Like, VR is not what VR is for. You know? That is not going to bring me into her scenario. That's going to give me the same experience I already get learning about Anne Frank, except now it's in an $800 headset. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know? This guy's like, oh, we should do a mm-hmm. VR because he wants to do some VR thing. And he's like, here's how I'll get a bunch of money to do it. That's what he's trying to do. You know, and maybe he, some part of him thinks it's a good idea, but I think it's really dumb. Maybe there'll be some people who do it, but it's an educational thing, man. And schools don't have VR headsets. No one's going to watch this, you know, except for some very few people who have VR headsets who want to punish themselves. You know, it's like 12 Years a Slave. I'm black. I didn't go see 12 Years a Slave because I don't want to go to a fucking theater and punish myself. I don't care if it's fucking great. Why would I want to see that? I go to theater to escape, not to fucking be punished because fucking, guess what? The real world sucks, okay? I could walk out of this house and get hit by a car and be dead and nobody would give a shit. Why do I want to go to theater and experience that? How, the, the, how, much, how much life sucks, you know? I mean, you feel what I'm saying, right? I'm sorry, I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to harp on it, but I, I don't want to see that movie. And I don't think anybody else does. I'm not going to make any effort to see it. Yeah. No, well, I didn't say I was going to make any efforts to see it, but people will see it. No, nobody's going to see that, Michael. Trust me. They, they might see it. So you heard it here first, folks. No one's going to see it. No one they is going to see it. They might see it so they can feel better about themselves. Yeah, because exactly. Because I think there's a flock of people out there who do, who punish themselves and go see this apologist shit. Excuse me, that's not the right term. But they go watch stuff like this because it makes them feel good. Like, I experienced that, you know? But that's not doing anything. You want to feel good? Go join the fucking army. Okay? Go be a police officer. Go help people. Don't go watch a fucking movie. All right? If you want to feel better about yourself, about how fucking great you have it right now. All right? That's what this is. This is this is lame, and it's a big waste of VR, the potential of VR. You know, I'd rather see, as much as I hate Fast and Furious, I'd rather see Vin Diesel's first-person view through all of the Fast and Furious movies. Like, I'd rather see that. That'd be interesting. That's what you should do with VR. Not show me Anne Frank's horrifying, nightmarish journey through a very, very horrible third-person life, a very mundane first-person existence, and then death. You know? I agree. All right. Speaking of movies that no one will ever see. Shut up, Michael. Shut the fuck. <laughs> I'm, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. I'm so I don't sorry. Care. I just badger people till they She's fucking. She's not my daughter. Quiet. I mean, I don't I'm give a sorry. shit. Badger, 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 badger. Mushroom, <laughs> mushroom. That's right. What? <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about, but okay. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of another movie, no one will ever see. Our one of our favorite artists, John Malkovich, teamed up with Robert Rodriguez to make a. A movie um, whose storyline is not disclosed yet, but is to take place 100 years in the future. And (laughs) 
talked in a in a short interview. Another fucking abortion. That's what this well, is. So the second abortion on the rundown in a movie form. There it is, right yeah. there. You got it right here, folks. Yeah. So John Malkovich seemed very convinced that it was important that he make this to to try and portray what uh, life might be like in a, in a hundred years. So they made the full movie. And uh, in the interview, they show very similar scenes a couple of different ways. A lot of it's obviously green screen, but you know, some of it looks like Tron, some looks like Blade Runner, some looks like abandoned cities that are you know overgrown with uh, weeds and and uh, trees and stuff. But the stupid thing is, they're taking it to the Cannes Film Festival in a safe that won't open for a hundred years. Uh, and I don't know why. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know what I, okay. So if you look at the trailer that they kind of show the trailer and they show a little behind the scenes stuff in the trailer. Um, there's a scene in the trailer where John Malkovich is opening the safe. I'm assuming it's on a hundred and hundred years from now. And when he opens the safe, there's a bottle, there's a, a package that says Louis the 14th or whatever on it. Yeah. Okay. Or Louis the 5th, whatever. It has Louis V-I-I. I think it's 16th. 13th. The 13th, yeah. Mm-hmm. So whatever. So he has that there. Okay. Then at the end of the thing, he's sitting there next to like that $1,000 bottle of Louis whatever liquor. And he's like, I hope that you guys enjoy. He said, my name was John. You know, and it's yeah. <laughs> very powerful. But you know what? This movie is it's a big fucking liquor ad. It's a hundred year old liquor ad that that whenever a liquor company says, let's make a movie. But no one's when, when, when someone says we're going to do something no one's ever going to see and we're all going to be dead. OK, you know what that means? It's an advertisement for something. And the mm. liquor companies in it, the liquor, the picture of the liquor bottle shows me it's an ad. It's a hundred year old fucking ad. Guess what? Nobody's gonna care about because it looks like shit now, and it's really gonna light shit in a hundred years. <laughs> They're like, That's folks, we've got the movie that John Malkovich made. Who's John Malkovich? What's a John Malkovich? Ah, fuck it. He made it. It's coming out in a hundred years, and to- tomorrow's the day it's released. It won't be shown in any theaters or any home hollow projectors because it's not hollow ready, and it- the format's closed, so we can't use it for anything. But you will be able to watch it on a flat panel that they'll be selling at bestest buy, you know, for thirty five ninety nine or whatever, you know, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. We're not going to be watching things on TV, you know? So I, when the they, uh, like, when the safe opens, it's going to be a bottle of that liquor and a VHS tape of the sandlot. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, John Malkovich at the end, like, get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that'd be awesome. That's what I'm talking about. That'd be fucking sweet. We should make a time capsule. We should, with a bag of dicks inside. Well, I mean, like, legitimately. But if you legitimately want to put a bag of dicks in there, that's fine. Where are we going to get the dicks? (laughs) Well, I I can count three. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I require mine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair it's enough. Looking. It's a looking dick. <laughs> uh, 
Well, look, while, while we're on the subject of that thing, there's uh, something I pulled up here um, that I, when I saw this on the rundown, it reminded me of this. Um, the $5 million Wu-Tang album that won't be played again in public for 88 years. So someone bought it. He bought it for $5 million, and he's not allowed to play it in public for 88 years. Obviously, we'll all be dead. It'll be the last thing Wu-Tang ever makes, probably, that's public. I guess cause it's going to come out 88 years from now. Um, and some guy paid $5 million for it. Pretty ridiculous. Uh, it falls right in line with this. I don't know if, like, we're all, like... We, I don't know if this something happens every generation where someone does something and says, oh, my art should last however long or whatever, you know. But it just, eh, I don't know, man. The whole thing is stupid to me. It's like, why even make you make this big hype for over something? It's going to be forgotten. I mean, people are going to, maybe someone will stumble upon this and it'll in 88 years and be like, okay, this is, you know, you know, whatever, you know, some retro Wu-Tang fan. But it's just imagine if we found, you know, a Benny Hill movie that he said, I don't want this to be played until 45 years after my death, you know, or like 100 years after my death or something. Let's say Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. You know what happened? Someone would buy the rights to it. They would play it. Or maybe if it's lucky, it'd be in a theater for like a week in select theaters and no one would care. That's what would happen. That's what's going to happen to this shitty John Malkovich tripe. And that's what's going to happen to um, this Wu-Tang thing. No one's going to care in 88 years or 100 years. They're going to get the fuck out of here. What is this? It's a gimmick. It's a big gimmick right now. They're doing all this stuff. Who paid for it? You know how much green screen stuff costs? Who paid for this? You know? It's a fucking ad. Sorry. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. It's an ad. It's a scam. It's a scam. Don't support it. Don't go to the theaters. Don't let it in your hollow projector. That's Tell right. your grandchildren not to support that project. Yeah, shut your yes. brain plug off for that day. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I took a look at the trailer, too, and you're right. It does kind of look like some kind of ad or something. So Yeah, and it looks, it looks really bad, man. It's not good looking. You know, and maybe they have to do some refinements to it, but, you know, the thing is with green screen technology and stuff like that they'd, they'd have been better off just making a movie now based on something now based on based on our vision of the future and then saying we're not going to release it for 100 years instead of making this weird thing that's like what is this you know or made a movie for now and made another one for 100 years from now so we're not going to release this one for 100 years even though the whole thing's a gimmick like no one's going to care about John Malkovich he will have zero star power in hundred years from now. He's not going to be... Most of the, our actors and actresses aren't going to be remembered in a hundred years as, like, they were revolutionary. Nobody's going to... Who... Can you guys think of any actor who people in a hundred years will be still thinking about? Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got probably another 60 years to do something interesting, so there's possibility. Yeah. But I think John Malkovich will live on for generations, because, as we all know, he can just hop inside someone else's body and start controlling them. Well, very true. Yeah, that aside, that was, I think he's, you know, documentary, uh, maybe De Niro, maybe, you know, I think he's I, overrated. See, I don't think any of these people are pivotal though, you know, but I think of the, the, the top, the top, like two or three, De Niro is one of them, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, dirty Harry, whatever his name is. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, the old, old, old guy. 
What are you darkies doing to my block? <laughs> Get out of here, you Chicanos. You know? <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's an awesome movie. This is best work. He's a grouchy, old, racist white dude, and I love it. It was awesome. You loved every second of it. I love every second of it, absolutely. <laughs> You know where John Malkovich and Clint Eastwood intersect? Where? At the anus. <laughs> In the line of fire. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's John Malkovich, the bad guy, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He built. He had the crazy gun, the yeah. crazy wooden gun or whatever. The gun that we're we, we're talking about now. If you could three D print a gun. Um, that's basically what he did, but it was made out of, I don't know what it was made out of, like, no, no, it was some kind of plastic or something. Yeah. It's some kind of, like, resin gun or something. Just the only parts that were, like, metal was the spring or something, or? I don't know why people are so up in arms about 3D printing guns. If you wanted to build a gun, you could very easily build it. It's not, like, some challenging, if you're dedicated, which is, is the kind of person who's gonna 3D print one. You would just do it. It's very easy. Now, if you just if you just three D printed, uh, and say in AR fifteen, you know, would it actually out of you know whatever consumer grade uh, equipment is available, would it actually endure even firing through one clip? No. Well, not currently. I don't think you could do. I don't think you could do a. Uh, the I don't think you do. You could do the delicate mechanisms of an AR-15 uh, in, like, the trigger group and stuff. I don't think you could even make... You could make it, but I don't think it would... I mean, one thing, one explosion in the gun, which is basically what firing a rifle is, of uh, firing a cartridge is, would wreck it. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that's what happens to those other ones. Uh, you know, Michael, I'm sure you've seen the ones, the guy in Austin who made those little... They look like little revolvers, but you load a single round into it. It looks like a flare gun, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he shot, like, Maybe he'd shoot, like, 10 or 15 rounds through it, but then it's, like, ruined after that, you know? I mean, we're not there yet. I'm sure soon we'll be there, but p- printing plastic stuff is only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, in in Finland or Austria or somewhere out, somewhere out in that general area, they can print flesh. They can print mm-hmm. organs, you know? And as soon as somebody finds a way to, like, have a <clears throat> a metal forge in your house that it's a... enclosed black box that you put raw iron ingots in and the other side it shits out some finished product. Once someone gets there, then we are talking about you should be worried about people printing shit. You know, but even then, most people aren't going to print guns. I mean, people aren't, like, if you want to do it, you can do it now. It's easy to make a gun. You know, a metal pipe and a fucking nail. You, You got a gun. You know, basically. A really shitty one and a dangerous one, but you got a gun. So, that's not how guns work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a gun expert. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Any books you guys want to talk about? All right. So I just want to mention our sponsor, Audible. Um, If anyone doesn't know, Audible dot com is the sponsor of the podcast here uh we love them james and i are avid audible users and we we both of us pay for our monthly subscription every month um 
basically there's two kinds of subscriptions you can get. You can get the $15 a month one or the $25 a month one. $15 a month gets you one credit. And one credit usually just means, it usually means one book. Um, supposedly there are books that cost two credits. I've never actually come across one. So, you know, I don't think it's something you really need to worry about. If you can only, if you can't only read one book a month, if you need to read more than one, then definitely get the other plan, which is two credits a month. James, I think you have that one. Yeah, I have that one. Um, it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough. There you go. So, <clears throat> I think um, I five credits this month. Jeez. Yeah. So if you go to um, audibletrial.com slash iopanel and sign up there, you get a free month. So what that means is you get a credit. You get a free credit. Um, you can pick any book you want. Uh, James and I, we've talked about some of the books we've read in the past. Uh, most recently, we read the newest book from Jonathan Mayberry called... What's the name of the book, James? Uh, Kill Switch. Kill Switch. That's it. Kill Switch by Jonathan Mayberry. It's the latest book in the Joe Ledger series of books. I believe that's uh, John Ledger. <laughs> um, it is. It is not. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making fun of me? I kept calling him that before. <laughs> John Legend, a uh, a black guy who sings or something. Um, it, yeah. John Legend. Oh, that's John Joe Legend. Legend? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We went from Joe Ledger to John Legend. There we go, folks. So, um, so yeah. So, James, what do you think of his uh, latest book? Um, it, it was great, man. I, I I enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, it got me where I needed to go. I thought it was the best one he's done in a very long time. Uh, it took me. It kind of reignited my my love with that series, which was kind of getting dimmer. Although it's an excellent series, and I advise anybody who wants who's into IT, uh, well, not IT, but into fan, not fantasy either, into sci-fi and action and thrillers and mysteries, then the the uh, Joe Ledger series of books is very good by Jonathan Mayberry. It's a very good series. And this one just caps it off nicely. It's this, you know, and it makes you, you're, I'm excited. I can't wait for the next book. Like, I'm pissed that there's no more book um, <laughs> until next March. So I'm angry inside because of it. Hmm. Well, yeah, I uh, I finally finished reading it um, earlier this week, and I thought it was amazing. Uh, just like you, you know, I'm I don't know if it was his best book, but it's definitely up there. It's definitely one of the craziest ones I think I've ever yeah. read. Yeah, um, it's definitely he pushes the he pushes the limit on it. Yeah, definitely. Um. So yeah, I, you know, I don't want to give away too much. Obviously, what happens in the book, but the book starts off. Our our hero Joe Ledger is sent with two of his guys down to uh, Antarctica to check out a a research station there that's kind of been operating kind of off the books. And they don't know what's going on there, so they want to do a look and see. And of course, every time they go do a look and see, it turns into a a nightmare, so it turns into a clusterfuck, and that's exactly what happens here. So they uh, they go check it out, and uh, it just gets more and more insane. From there, I'll, I'll say this: they get to the station, they open the the door, the front door, which is like an airlock door, and which they weren't expecting at all. They're like, "Huh, this is weird." 
and a giant albino-looking penguin <laughs> greets them at the door and is, and is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say that. Let's just I'll just leave it there. That's how the the book basically starts off. Like in the and, first and, half hour. Uh, yeah, I want you just so and I I'm pretty sure Michael I'm almost 100% sure we talked about this last week. <laughs> we didn't mention the penguin uh or excuse me, penguin as you say. Uh we, we didn't mention it, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week. Um that said, uh I'll say this, you can't, you have to mm-hmm. take what Michael's explanation of the story as, as, uh, <laughs> you have to take it as kind of like, imagine if Joe McClain was going about his regular world, you know, New York saving business, and then there was John a six McClain? foot tall giant penguin. John McClain, not, not Joe McClain, John McClain. <laughs> <laughs> if John McClain was like going into Nakayama Towers, and then it was like, a seven foot or eight foot tall penguin there, albino penguin. He'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Like that's the shock <laughs> and awe that is delivered. Um, you don't yes, get. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's not like uh, I don't want to paint the picture of this story as like a guy who's used to fantasy and crazy and shenanigans, and then he's like, "Oh, a penguin, no big deal." No, it's like it's like if you or me saw like a massive albino penguin, we open the door to the bathroom to take a dump. And then it's like, there's a penguin in there dumping instead. And he's six foot tall and he's angry and he's squinting. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? He's talking to you and you're talking to him. And you're like, what the hell? Like, that's the situation. Like, that's how it is delivered. So it's not like, you know, it's like we are in the real world and then hit in the face with crazy. Like, that's how it is. So, okay, I'm done. I don't want to, I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week. I don't want to beat it up anymore, but Great book. Definitely read it. Um, real quick, two books that I listened to this week because I was just like blasting through them uh, like a maniac uh, this this week was uh, back to the library so we can see the whole list. So I listened to a couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trojan Horse by Mark Rasinovich. And uh, Zero Day by Mark Rosinovich. Ooh, those are some good ones. Yeah, so if you're an IT person or you're technical, those are great books. And you know what? I'm so pissed, right? The cyber guys at my job, I was like, dude, I'm listening to this book by Mark Rosinovich. And they were like, great, who's Mark Rosinovich? I was like, kill yourself, okay? Not He's only our Lord and Savior, okay? <laughs> you know, um, I didn't say that, and I don't believe he's your, our Lord and Savior, but he's amazing you know he's he's like uh an it hero as far as i'm concerned some of the best tools that you can possibly use for the windows environment uh he's amazing so yeah if anyone doesn't know mark rasinovich you're uh, listening to the wrong fucking podcast kill yourself and i mean it (laughs) (laughs) he uh he made a bunch of tools called sys internals tools um and did he, he make powershell uh, I don't know if he made power. Uh, no, 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 he didn't make power. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> but so he made these tools, and then his his company was purchased by Microsoft, and now he's a Microsoft employee. Um, and since all that has happened, he he so he's a programmer. You know, he's he's deep into Windows. You know, he knows what's going on. Um, he's big into fighting malware. 
you know, his tools can be used to to stamp out malware. And there's actually some good uh, good videos on YouTube and other places to where you can watch him give a presentation where he's talking about that. And he's like, all right, so this machine's infected with a piece of malware, and we're going to take a look and see what we can do. And he uses his tools that he made to show us how to identify something, how to narrow it down. Um, right now, he's running as the... He's, or I'm sorry, he's working as the CTO of Microsoft Azure. So he's heading, he's kind of heading the, the Microsoft Cloud project. Nice. So, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out, so he does all the PS tools, so PS tools, PS execute, PS shutdown, you know, all those kind of tools. Uh, if you guys haven't checked those out, check it out. But... Yes, back to those books, James. Um, there's actually three books in the series. I don't know if the third one made it to audio yet. Yeah, it is. I just haven't. I ran out of credits before I could get it, so I'll probably like, oh, okay. freaking buy another three credits next week and <laughs> and like a maniac and get it. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. the first two of them they're amazing. Man. They're great. Oh yeah, they're great. And uh, the nice thing about them, everything sounds plausible. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. It's it's written by the books are written by somebody. And the thing is, you know, you kind of think and look, there's I've read the comments. There's people in the comments who find the books who who may who found the books boring because they're not computer people. To me, I could listen to someone and he doesn't beat you over the head with like technical jargon, you know, but he does tell you this is happening and this is how I'm finding it, you know, and this is what I'm seeing. And he helps you. He puzzles through the problems he creates with you. And I think it's great. I mean, I'm not saying you should use these books as a learning tool, but as far as having a realistic tool for cyber crimes that take place in a real reality that we can relate to as computer people, this is a great book for that. It's excellent. So you listen to, what, Zero Day and Trojan Horse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's there's another one called Rogue Code. Yeah. Probably the things, the biggest problem I have with these books is the action action parts that he has to add to make the book like kind of appeal to everybody um just seem <laughs> it seems like he uses the same formula in both cases which is it's it's okay but um it's the kind of thing that i think most technical people probably wouldn't do and obviously you know i mean we all know like come on we know it guys right you know um, his IT guy, his character, his main character is not in some action adventure guy, uh, but he keeps getting into these weird shenanigans where people come after him and his girlfriend or him and whatever. And like he he doesn't call the cops and he just like gets on a plane and flies to another country. I mean, he does stuff and I'm like, uh, a normal person wouldn't do that. The, the, so the computer stuff is great. The the physical like way the character behaves sometimes are like obviously plot device enhancers and things used to move the plot in a certain direction, which personally, anyone who knows me knows I hate plot devices. So, but that's unfortunately, that's something every book has every book, TV show, everything has plot devices. It has to have some way to move the plot from A to B. So you have a plot device that has to function in some kind of a way and they do that. So I don't like that part of it, but it's an excellent book. I give it five out of five for sure. Um, my complaints with it are very small, you know, and don't have a huge impact on whether I'd listen. I'd listen to the story again. Matter of fact, I intend to. Very good. 
Nice. Well, there you go, folks. And both of those books are available, or all those books are available on Audible, right? Yep. Nice. You can, uh, what's it? You, you get the books for free. You get one book for free or something like that if you go to audibletrial.com slash iopanel. That is correct. You get one credit. So you get to pick any book you want. And if it's, uh, for some reason, you don't like audio don't like audible can't afford it whatever i've been there <laughs> um you can cancel after the first month and or i'm sorry before the first month is up you won't be charged anything and you get to keep the audiobook yep so it's win-win so definitely check it out audibletrial.com slash iopanel awesome excellent well, is there anything else uh, either of you would like to bring up before we head out? Well, Evan, uh, I don't think you mentioned it, but I wanted to uh, get an update if there is one on the the health. Oh, um, health I did. I did uh, not update the numbers in my spreadsheet, but I do have new information. Essentially, the same as last week. No, no major. Uh, changes either way okay you're still keeping with the same uh yep plan more or less yep restricting carbohydrates as much as possible um or as much fell as out of ketosis last week from eating a cluster of hot dog buns yes that's what they call it. they call it a cluster of hot dog buns yes. more than three buns is a cluster <laughs> <laughs> i was even so desperate i put a hot dog bun inside of a hot dog bun there you go. <laughs> What'd you put inside that bun, though? Was it a little yellow gold? A little, a little bit of Coleman's. Oh. <laughs> to clear out the sinuses, you know, there's no That's better right. solution. That Coleman's sauce. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's, here's another thing uh, for you guys. Here's the, the great debate. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Mm. Go. No. Debate over. That's a hard one, man. I think it is a sandwich. <laughs> oh, shit. I think it is a I, I don't. Shots fired. Here, here's, here's my argument. <laughs> Call the burn ward. Here's my argument. Do you consider... Now, see, I I haven't really given it too much thought, but I, I just came up with an argument, and I might have to further qualify my... My uh, my sandwich um, classification. So I don't think that a hot dog and bun is a sandwich. Do you think that a sub is a sandwich, or is it a sub or a grinder or whatever you want to call it? It's a kind of sandwich. Okay. So when I think of a sandwich, I think of two pieces of bread that sandwich ingredients so two separate pieces of bread which is why i don't think a hot dog is a sandwich because it is one piece of bread cut down the middle Hmm. but i would then have to say that subs are also not sandwiches but if i say i'm going to subway i'm not saying oh i'm going to get a sandwich from subway i'm saying i'm going to get a sub now that's me personally well but it's... I stick with my answer. The hot dog is not a sandwich because okay. it is 
one piece of bread. It could be an open-faced sandwich. If you want to do that, we can compromise. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. It is a thing. Okay, so here's the funny thing, right? If you Google what is a sandwich, right? <laughs> um, it's funny. The first post says, what is a sandwich? Then in quotations, it says, no, seriously, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the meaning of a sandwich, two pieces of bread with meat, cheese, or other filling between them, eaten as a light meal. And, of course, it, there's a verb, the girl was sandwiched between two burly men. Yes. You know. In the Urban Dictionary. Why not? <laughs> um, so, uh, here, but see, the thing is, like in Japan, right, a hot dog, because Japanese people have no context, right? They're just like, they saw it, they're like, oh, this looks good, and they've been eating them. So, they put lettuce, tomato, and cheese on a hot dog. Doesn't that make it a sandwich? See, we know, can you... classify a hot dog as something different, because we don't put lettuce and tomato and sandwich stuff on it. I do put cheese and ketchup on a hot dog, or just cheese. Like, I like well, a cheese dog. if you have a hot dog and it's Chicago-style, quote-unquote. Yeah, pickles and salad toppings. Yeah, they put all kinds of stuff on there. So there you go. So... Still not a sandwich. See, I don't know, man. It's a hot dog with salad toppings. <laughs> a hot dog is not a... So, so we a hot dog is like... I guess it's a thing, but... Isn't it really a, just a kind of sandwich? It's meat and a bun. And a, hot, a sandwich can be served in a bun. You could take a burger bun and make put it make put lettuce. Is, that, is a hamburger a sandwich? A cheeseburger? Is that a sandwich? Yes. Technically. Yes. And so is a hot dog. Technically. Mm. But see, a hot dog, again, a, a burger is two pieces of bread. Now, granted, they could have been from the same piece Penis. cut in half. Oh. Yes, the same, the same hierarchy, the same uh, unim- unices, whatever, yeah. whatever you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Charles Darwin prophesied the existence oh of not one but two types of buns. <laughs> well, see, Evan, you said uh, a submarine sandwich. Um, is similar in that it's attached, like mm-hmm. a hot dog, but it's not necessarily attached. No. It doesn't have to be. If it is cut straight through, also, then I would say it's a sandwich. Also, here's the thing. A submarine sandwich, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a tuna fish sandwich, whatever. It's, they're horizontal, right? Mm-hmm. It's bread, whatever bread, right? A hot dog isn't like that. Right. It's turned on its side if we're going to say it's like a sandwich. You know? Mm-hmm. It meets the minimum requirements of a sandwich. Some kind of bread on either side. And then meat and something... It's not like on either side. It's... It is on either side, though. It's on either side of the meat. The meat is sandwiched between the bread. So what if you took a hot dog, stuck it in the middle of one piece of bread, and then folded it up? Then you have a bagel up, dog. Then you'd have, you'd have a piece of meat with with bread on either side of it. Is that or a sandwich? But the bread is not separate. 
No, it doesn't matter. If you it does be, matter. If you want to be technical, the bread is on is covering 75% of the hot dog. Right. In a, in a standard a sandwich, the bread covers 90 or 80% of the meat. But so it's, it's a open percentage all game. Of the sides. If anything, a hot dog more qualifies to be a sandwich than a fucking sandwich does. Are we are we bringing math into the argument now? I'm just being. I'm just giving you the stats, dude. I'm giving you the stats. <laughs> I see them. He's giving okay. us the. I stats. call it like I see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sandwichstats.com, man. We should make that website and just make up everything that's on it. We should. Oh, we should. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I still say a hot dog's not a sandwich. But I you know, we live in a free country, um and I'll defend your right to be wrong any day of the oh, week. Oh god. <laughs> Next week we talk about the right way to put toilet paper on the roll. That's correct. I hope we can all agree on that. Oh, oh my god. Me. I I I will admit I am a relatively recent convert, and when I say that I mean like three years ago. Oh, boy. I used to be I used to be an under kind of guy because oh, if, be, I'll explain you're it because a savage because <laughs> if you price. if you if you say unfurl too much you just give it a quick swipe and it'll wrap itself back up you can't really do that if you do if you uh, if you leave it hanging over but I I'm well we'll leave it to next week I won't spoil it but, you know, yeah yeah too much. Ugh. Both right. have Ugh. merits. Fair enough. Fat. It's like it's like you know, <laughs> the face you just made was like if you turn it the other way, it turns into fucking sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's another question for another day, man. One ply or, or fucking two ply? <laughs> Scots. Two. Talk about three. Three or yeah, whatever you know. But anything more than you know one ply or the neck of a goose. Or the neck of a goose. Exactly. <laughs> a grouse? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. The neck of a grouse. Is or this duck-billed nightmare, whatever this thing is. <laughs> yeah, the the duck-billed nightmare. Shoe-billed. Um, oh, the shoe-bill. That's right. Yeah. Oh. I don't want that thing looking at my back. <laughs> oh. It's like, it's a, nice, uh, it's a nice back you got there. Yeah. Same, a shame if someone chomped on it. Yeah, Jesus! My How big are these things? Tight. They're like fucking. They five are feet the size feet. of a toddler. No, they're not. They're huge. Oh, are they five feet? I would have said like three feet. No, they can get can be like five feet tall, dude. They're enough There's to kill you. There's a picture of a woman feeding one, and it's like at her shoulders. Women are tiny. That's true. It says the. <sighs> Let's see, huh? Voice. Michael, you don't like butterflies. If you saw this thing coming at you, you'd yeah. shit yourself. You'd run screaming, and so would I. I'd be right next to you. <laughs> Dude, let me see that thing with the hair from the grudge. Nightmare time. Done. Yeah. <laughs> just close them. I'm not leaving the house. I might it, just freaking have to hang myself. What about, and then have two, like, six-foot arms oh. that are all skin and bone and Jesus wet. Just Christ. like, for sure. Hanging out to the side like this while it's running at you. (laughs) It says they're 43 to 55 inches tall. That's fucking big, dude. That's pretty tall, yeah. 
It's like it says it's like it's so, so, so reaching as much as sixty inches. That's five feet, right? Yeah. Just an angry looking bird. Yeah, so Mike, like where you're sitting right now, look at where your D V D drive or your Blu ray drive is in your computer. Yeah. That's how tall that bird is. Huh. Like from the floor. It's like sup. Yeah. They said the wingspan can be up to eight feet six inches. Ridiculous. That's pretty crazy. We can do a a a death bird comparison the following week. Right. Yeah. Let's do a uh, let's do a whole episode dedicated to to nightmare fuel. Yeah. Oh, we can do that. We'll start with butterflies and work our way up. Oh, jeez. Bonus (laughs) moths. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We definitely, that'll be in, we're going to put that in the show notes. All right, guys. So um, I, I think this would be a fun idea, actually. If you guys, the the seven of the seven people who listen and the four of you who are willing to write a comment, could you put in the comments what dumbass thing you want us to debate the, uh, debate the, the facts of? It can be well, anything. Like, we will pick a side. Like a hot one dog of, or the toilet paper or yeah, whatever. One of us will oppose the other regardless of merit. So pick something, put it in the comments, and we will go from there. Okay? If you're not, if you're listening to this podcast in some weird format and you just spent two hours wondering what that, why this isn't the view, but you liked what you heard, <laughs> then go to islepanel.tech or islepanel.com? islepanelpodcast.com islepanelpodcast.com or islepanel.tech and write in the comments, read the blog post, have a good time with it, leave us some hate mail, look at the shoe bill, our new show mascot. Yep. Check us uh, out on Twitter. Yeah, check us out on Twitter. Twitter.com slash islepanelpodcast. Um, yeah, hit us up on there or... You know, if you're listening to the show, you probably know who we all are. Hit us up on Facebook. Um, we have an email address too, don't we? Yeah, feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. There we go. Awesome. All right, guys. Send, well, if you want to Snapchat pictures of your junk to Evan or <laughs> Evan or Michael. <laughs> yeah, hit us up on Snapchat. Yeah. I'm. Uh... No. Well, no, 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 no. No. Are you about to give him my Snapchat? No, no, no. <laughs> Which okay, twist? Of, of the six people who listen to this, I'm sure three of them have your Snapchat. I don't see what yeah, the problem is, but okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, sure. We'll keep that confidential. Yeah, we'll make a show Snapchat if we get more than ten listeners. If we get if we get ten listeners, we'll get a Snapchat. You got to get an Instagram too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could take one picture a year. Yep. And and post one pic, post a, a week of the shoe bill <laughs> of the shoe bill Same terror picture bird. over and over. Absolutely. Yep. Well, all right, guys. Evan, close us out of here. Get us home. Take us home. Well, I am home. Uh, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I think we've done enough harm for this week. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>